0: you're listening to the hockey podcast network new shows every day
1: find us at the hockey or wherever you get your podcasts from
2: welcome to your canadians connection on rocket sports radio This premier hockey podcast, featured on allhabs.net, brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform, entertain, and engage Habs fans around the globe. We are proud to be the trusted source for all things Habs for more than a decade. This is the Canadians Connection podcast. Well, Hello, everyone, or should I say, ho, 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 everyone? Uh, Welcome to the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. Uh, Hi, my name is Amy Johnson. Haven't been here in a while, but I'm glad to be back. Uh, I'll be your host for the next hour uh, for episode 223, The christmas eve edition of uh the canadians connection podcast uh and i'm of course pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host who happens to be the editor-in-chief the founder and president of rocket sports and i'm hoping maybe he moonlights as chris K- Chris kringle and brought gifts because um that would be pretty exciting that would be mr rick stevens how are you doing today
0: merry christmas to you merry christmas to you as Ma- well merry christmas to our our listeners yes. as well on this, um I think I think this applies almost in everywhere. Cold, windy, sun, and some places quite snowy. You know, um, I
2: like winter, but, yeah. but 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 nah, like Winnipeg can keep this. This <laughs> this should be allowed anywhere outside of Manitoba. I'm sorry,
0: <laughs> Elliot. the storm called Elliot. <laughs> Um, it, it was odd watching the the Canadians in Dallas and seeing um, in in the um, American Airlines Arena. Everybody looked all bundled up. They had they had earmuffs on. They had toques. They had scarves. They had parkas. And um, I thought it, they were just wimpy. Well, it prompted me to to look <laughs> at well, what's the temperature in Dallas, and yeah. it was actually quite cold. It was minus six or seven in in Dallas at game time. So yes, cold everywhere.
2: Cold everywhere. But, I mean, the big man in the red suit needs a nice snowy night tonight. Mm -hmm. Um, He's, you know, he's got work to do. He's got a lot of places to be. Can't be bogged down in, like, humid weather. He needs, this has to be good reindeer flying conditions.
0: And it's perfect weather for sitting in, getting warm, getting cozy, and listening to a podcast, and particularly The Canadian's Connection.
2: Huh. That's That's funny how that happens. Yeah. Yeah. That worked out nicely. (laughs) Well, we're going to have some fun today on the Santa's Mailbag episode of the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, We're going to get you caught up on all the latest things going on with the Montreal Canadiens, their performances this past week, injury reports, roster updates. Uh, Of course, we'll have a look at the Habs prospect report. um, That's not only covering the Laval Rocket, but also other Habs prospects and with the World Juniors, Uh, set to begin here uh, in just a couple of days. Uh, There's obviously some great uh, prospect uh, things to talk about there. Uh, We have some fun Christmas-inspired quotes of the week this week, and we're also going to hit on some general hockey news around the league before uh, Michael Spinella hops into the studio uh, for the second segment with Rick, where the two of them are going to dig into Santa's mailbag Uh, and answer some listener questions it's going to be a great segment with Michael and Rick in the in the in the second segment and then I'll be back in the third segment uh to kind of go over with Rick everything that you need to know from Rocket Sports from this past week uh we've got a pretty uh timely and relevant question of the week uh for all of our listeners uh and uh special christmas message coming up here at the end of the show as well so it's gonna mm-hmm. be a it's gonna be a fun show today great show uh so let's kick things off with uh you know this this road trip uh that the canadians are on which actually uh the week uh the week between last episode and this episode started with the final home game uh of of the calendar year for the montreal canadians uh before they left on this road trip and. a course uh tampa bay just kind of saying you know what you guys should just leave and go on the road let's uh let's let's just usher you out with a five to five to one victory by the lightning uh there wasn't uh montreal did not put up much of a fight i think they were i think they were already thinking about what was coming up uh, so that was a pretty easy one for the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, and,
0: and I think that you know, a 4 nothing lead after 40 minutes. Yeah. And uh, this one hit hard because it was the first time that uh, the Canadians had lost three in a row all season long, um, which placed them last in the Atlantic Division um, at the time. And, um, you know, they had been falling in the standings. And, and so it was after that game... That uh, Marty St. Louis announced that um, okay, we're going on the road and there's and there's going to be a reset. We're going to reset the season, uh, and it'll be good for us to get away. Uh, the power play will be better. Everything will be better on the road.
2: The power play. Did they fire Alex Burroughs? Not not yet. Oh, <laughs> um, so they go on the road and. Um, Okay, they start, you know, uh, usher in the late-night games once again for the second time this month. Uh, late game uh, against Arizona on Monday night, which, quite frankly, um, you know, it's Arizona. Uh, you, I, I, I don't know that I necessarily expected that to be as tight of a game as it was. Uh, ended up going to overtime and, and Mike Hoffman winning that game, uh, the OT winner in that one. Um, But then two nights later, another OT game, this time in Colorado. Um, And Colorado came out on the winning end of that one. Uh, Really the only, uh, that was a 2-1 victory for Colorado. Um, The only, I guess, notable thing that really came out of that, Anthony Richard, who had been recalled from Laval uh, before the trip. um, This would have been his fourth NHL game in his career, just his second one with the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, but he scored the only Montreal Canadiens goal that night. Also happened to be his very first NHL goal. So
0: pretty well, memorable for him. Congratulations to him. And um, I guess with both of those games, as you said, both going to overtime, both were um, uh, character. Uh, uh, they, they had the same character in that, that they were dominated uh, by the home team territorially. Arizona um, carried the play, um, even though the Canadians uh, got uh, the win there. And um, after a first period in in Denver, where I think it was rather even, then after that, it was was all Colorado. And um, the Canadians were very fortunate um, to get a point out of that. Um, and so there was a, there was a, a meeting. Um, actually, the Canadians were, st- due to uh, a problem with their charter plane, they were stuck a little longer than they expected in Denver. So they had a team meeting on Thursday. And um, Marty St. Louis said, um, okay, uh, we're going to set some new standards here. Uh, people are going to be, players are going to be held to account. We're going to raise the bar um, for the rest of the road trip.
2: Okay. Well, uh, they went to Dallas on Friday night and um, if if the bar that they were raising was that they'd like to test the penalty kill as often as possible and fail, then then they achieved that bar <laughs> because uh, Dallas uh, they, they, Montreal could not stay out of the box. Dallas scoring of the four goals that Dallas scored, three of them were on the man advantage uh, and Dallas took it to Montreal. They won that one four to two.
0: Well, this one was really odd because, in addition to raising the bar, setting new standards, holding uh, players accountable, um, I guess what was most talked about after the game was the the lines uh, that were put out by um, Marty St. Louis, and for the first time uh, this season, um, it was Nick Suzuki and um, uh, Cole Caulfield split um, on two separate lines. That like a lines. good solution. Um yeah and and there has been issues looking for a a winger who can play with those two and we're going to get to that I think in in the second segment but um so not generally uh, a bad thing to to split them up and Cole Caulfield was with Kirby Doc Kirby Doc at the center position and that's a good thing what was uh, particularly well it was odd is that uh, Armia, Jonathan Duran were promoted uh, to the first line to play on the wings of Nick Suzuki. Uh those two players in 41 games combined um between the two of them this season, uh they have they have combined for zero goals. So it was hmm. it was um it was tough on, on Nick Suzuki. Um he wasn't able to generate much of anything and his line um was just buried. It was Shot attempts were uh, twenty three to eight um, against uh, for okay. the Nick Suzuki line, um, odd and and uh, the only line that played well uh, and they did play well was the fourth line um, with uh, Jake Evans getting his first goal of the season, uh, Michael Pizzetta getting his second goal of the season, well, his
2: uh, and his first multi point game,
0: first multi point game because he assisted on on the Evans goal. Um, so, uh, but the other lines were were uh, disjointed. They were, um, it, they were, yeah. It was, it was, uh, it was uh, all Dallas when the other three lines were on um, the ice. And and oddly, um, Marty St. Louis saw it completely differently. Um, he'll have an opportunity to consult the statistics afterwards. But but post game, he said, "quote." It was one of our best five-on-five games in a long time. I liked pretty much everyone's game. We were engaged. We are up against a good team, but it was nice to see our support players producing. I was happy with our trios. Um,
2: I'm going res- to... Because it's Christmas Eve, I'm going to be nice and reserve any comment that I was about
0: to come out of my mouth. <laughs> uh, it's just very, very odd. Uh, yeah. Very, very odd. And... um um, it it, um, it it was a bit of a sour uh, ending um, going into uh, the uh, holiday break and the Canadians now will be off uh, until Wednesday uh, for Christmas.
2: Well, uh, if you did happen to miss any of those games or any of the ones coming up next week uh, between Christmas and New Year's, don't forget that you can check out uh, our comprehensive game previews and recaps over at allhabs.net. Uh, on game days uh, and of course the Habs Notepad article that Chris G puts out every Monday getting you all caught up on the latest Canadians organization news. Um, as far as the roster goes, uh, David Savard uh, has retroactively been placed on IR uh, following the game against the Tampa Bay Lightning, so they will be uh, without his services for a bit. Uh, and as we mentioned uh, in, in at the top of the show here, Anthony Richard, of course, was recalled from Laval. Rem Pitlick uh, reassigned to the Laval Rocket. He, he joined them in Syracuse. Uh, Rem Pitlick, Pitlick was getting uh, awfully close to that uh, waiver-eligible mark of 10 games or 30 days. Uh, and apparently they don't uh, want to have to risk uh, him being claimed off of waivers. So uh, did a little switcheroo there right before they left for the road trip uh and calling up Anthony Richard. Uh in terms of injuries, uh Sean Monahan, a little Christmas gift for him, I guess, is that he got to lose the walking boot. <laughs> uh
0: traded them in for a snow boot. Sorels instead.
2: Is that like the dad joke yeah, of the week? Some, yeah, something like okay. that. That's it's an inspiring dad joke. I like it. Uh so hopefully that means good progress for Sean Monahan uh and uh gets him just one step closer. Get it? Step, yeah. one step closer <laughs> uh, to getting back on the ice uh with the Montreal Canadians. Um all right, well uh with that let's uh let's talk about those prospects and check in with the Habs Prospect Report. This edition of the Rocket Report is brought to you by AHL.report. Your premier source for the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, AHL.report is a proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. So, uh the prospect report as we say, I mean this we of course do give you an update on on how the uh the Laval Rocket is doing down in the AHL for the Montreal Canadiens, but it really spans, you know, Habs prospects the ECHL, the CHL, the NCAA, Europe, and so uh, there's there's always plenty to cover. Um, but before we even get to the Rocket, Rick, you know, is there was there a standout this week? Was there was there one Canadian's prospect who was just kind of heads and shoulders above the rest?
0: Well, we usually like to keep uh, an eye on the, the the scoring race in the CHL for the WHL, the OHL, and the Q. Um, and somebody who vaulted up um, past uh, Cedric Guignon, past uh, Owen Beck, uh, was Jared Davidson. Jared Davidson, a fifth round pick this uh, this past draft um, by the Canadians, um, he plays for Seattle in the WHL. He had four assists uh, as the uh, Seattle Thunderbirds beat the Everett uh, Silver Tips. 5-1, to one. and uh, so he vaults all the way into third place into that CHL-Canadians prospect scoring race behind Riley Kidney, behind Joshua Waugh, uh, but very close, 39 points uh, in 25 games um, and a plus 24, kind of a, an um, unheralded um, uh, prospect, but uh, certainly someone we're keeping an eye on. The other, um, the other uh, player um playing is um Emil Heinemann remember he had a late start to his season with uh, a finger injury mm-hmm. um, and he's been playing um over in the uh, Euro Hockey Tour there's a Swiss Ice Hockey uh, games right now in Switzerland um uh, Sweden 4-3 over Finland but Emil Heinemann had a goal in that uh, Sweden four nothing over Czechia. He had two goals in that game, so right. three three goals in two games for Emil Heineman.
2: We like to hear that. Um, as far as the Laval Rocket goes, um, <laughs> if uh, if you've listened at all to our press zone podcast over at the AHL Report, which I host every week, uh, with guests patrick williams and of course rick stevens uh you'll know that the laval rocket has had a, a tremendously tumultuous season uh they've been in the basement uh most of the season and and their struggles continued uh this past week uh they had a, a back-to-back series in cleveland uh last weekend um a 12 noon start time last saturday which i don't know what's worse right. a 10 o'clock game or a 12 noon game because I don't think the Laval Rocket were quite ready for that one. Um, They were leading in that game. They started out really well. And then uh, Cleveland put up four goals in the third period to uh, pretty much trounce them seven to four in that game. Uh, but Laval had their revenge Sunday afternoon. It was Cleveland's teddy bear toss game, uh, and so the Cleveland w- were able to score in the first period and and trigger the teddy bears to be tossed. But it was all Laval after that, coming out uh, with a with a rare victory, uh, but but a, a a good one for them out on the road. They won that one four to one. Uh, Then they went to Syracuse for their first, it's odd, it's the end of December and this was the first time that they played Syracuse all season, uh, which is odd for a division rival. Uh, But as is usually the case, uh, they had difficulty in the building in Syracuse, uh, lost that one two to one. And then they were supposed to play at home uh, on Friday night on the 23rd. Uh, but because of the impending weather, uh, they would have to postpone that. So the game against the Wilkes-Barre Scranton Penguins that was supposed to take place at Place Bell on Friday night has been postponed. No, uh, no makeup date has yet been announced, but it will be it will be made up at some point after the New Year. Uh, so that leaves the Rocket. Currently, they final that that win that they had against Cleveland uh, last Sunday finally got them their tenth win of the season. 29 games into the season uh, if that gives you an indication on how rough things have been for Laval they are 10 15 3 and one on the season as far as winning percentage they're 29th in the AHL it's it's been a rough go of it uh, for for JF Ull and the Laval rocket for sure very tough. Uh, so they have two games coming up this coming week. They're both at home, and they are both against Syracuse. So uh, I guess they're making Getting up for home. lost time with yeah. <laughs> zeroed from no games against Syracuse to all the games against Syracuse. Wednesday and Friday night, uh, the Crunch will be in town, and uh, we'll see if uh, if they can find a way to to win on home ice. Um, but more importantly, mm-hmm. it's Christmas Eve. The big man in the red coat comes tonight. Christmas Day, full of, you know, good food, good company, hopefully not colon stockings. And then we all go to sleep. We wake up the next day, and it's
0: what day? The most wonderful time of the year <laughs> according to the commercials.
2: Uh, it's Boxing Day, which means da, 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 the world Juniors kicks off on Monday, uh, being hosted in Halifax and Moncton this year. Uh, of course, as always, opens on Boxing Day, full slate of um of games. Uh, from early in the afternoon till later in the evening, um, and plenty of Habs prospects on tap. Uh, the tournament kicks off with Finland versus Switzerland, and that would be none other than Oliver Kapanen featured in that game. Uh, then there's Sweden versus Austria. Uh, we've got two two uh, prospects playing against each other in that game, um, Tobias Engstrom and Vincenz Rohr. Uh Latvia takes on the USA, so Lane Hudson will get to show off his abilities for Team USA. And then finally, uh the last game of the evening, Czechia versus Canada, meaning Joshua Waugh will be on display. So uh Habs fans, I don't think we'll be able to leave the sofa from, you know, I don't know, for a good ten hours.
0: Five out of the six <laughs> uh prospects, Canadians prospects will play on Boxing Day, the only one who gets a day off is Philippe Machar, of course, playing for Slovakia and they get into action on the the following day on the 27th.
2: Yeah. Um, If that's not enough uh, European tournament action for you, uh, the Spengler cup is getting also set to kick off on boxing day as well. Hockey Canada announced its 25 man roster uh, for, for that event taking place in Davos, Switzerland. Uh, And, um, you might be surprised to know that one of the Rockets' defensemen uh, is off to play in the Spengler Cup for Hockey Canada, and that is Nicholas uh, so Congratulations J- to him. Congratulations to him. Poor J.F. is going to have to fi- fill another hole <laughs> on his <laughs> roster this week, which I'm sure, I know, knowing J.F. he's thrilled for Nicholas Bodan, but... Just means that there's more call-ups from the Trois Rivieres Lions.
0: Typically, the the team Canada uh, team for the Spangler is made up of uh, players who play who, um, who Canadian players who are playing in Europe. Um, this this team was put together by Shane Doan. He's the general manager, um, a part of the management group. Danny Briere, Travis Green, um, former Canucks head coach, is the head coach of the Spangler Cup Team Canada edition. And in addition to uh, Nicholas Baudin, um, names that you'll recognize, Josh Brooke, uh, former uh, Laval defenseman, now Good playing. For yeah. Calgary Wranglers. That's right. Um, he'll be there. Uh, Toby Paquette-Bisson. Oh, former Rocket player. Former Rocket player, now playing for uh, Ontario, the Ontario Reign. Uh, and Daniel Carr. Um,
2: Good for Danny Carr. Yeah,
0: who's uh, over in Le- uh, playing in Lugano. He'll be there. And none other than former Canadians uh, forward uh, and best friend of Max Pacioretty, David DeHarnay. Yes, at 36 years old. Uh, he will be playing really? in the Spangler Cup.
2: Wasn't that exciting? Yeah. <laughs> Good for all of them. Uh, and hope they, have, uh, hope they have a successful tournament uh, over in Switzerland. Uh, as I mentioned earlier in the show, of course, uh, you can listen to all of our prospect updates weekly on the Press Zone podcast. You can find that at thepresszone.fm. Uh, and just like uh, you can rely on allhabs.net for game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game, you can also rely on ahlreport.com for every for game recaps after every Laval Rocket game as well. So uh, be sure to bookmark that website as well uh rick it is christmas eve Uh we're all in the holiday spirit we're all dying to know what santa is going to leave under the tree yeah tomorrow morning um and uh it was pretty fun uh this week that the canadians asked some of uh, their players to um describe what christmas morning looks like in their homes and uh they had uh, the the answers kind of some were you know there were some 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 similarities throughout uh but some of them were pretty humorous some of them were a little more heartfelt um and here's just uh we should play just a, a little excerpt of of those responses uh from the canadians players
0: uh chris morning always uh everyone gets up hopefully early because uh, Santa Claus came the night before, so we got to open <laughs> presents. But uh, we always start off with uh, with stockings by the by the chimney, and then uh, we we'll open up some presents, and then uh,
1: we have a nice pancake breakfast. Uh, Christmas morning is uh, usually just me and my brother and my parents. Uh, we always spend it together and uh, opening gifts and stockings. A, little, a lot more respectful now. I think before <laughs> my brother would be up. He's two years older than me, but he'd be up way too early. And... Trying to open up all the presents, and I, I think I'm more calm and just waiting my turn. <laughs> Growing up, it was chaotic. We always had our grandparents come over, we had to wait for them to open up presents, so that was always uh, tough. Ooh. We'd be sitting on the
0: stairs, kind of waiting for that. But just spending time with family. Now that we have a baby boy, it's it'll be uh, exciting this year. And um, he may be a little too young to open presents, but I'm um, sure he'll get uh, spoiled pretty good. Those were the voices. You probably recognize them. But Michael Pizzetta, first uh, leading off, then Nick Suzuki, Jake Evans, Kirby Doc, and Chris Weidman. Of uh, course, with a new baby uh, at the end.
2: A couple. I I I, I very much enjoy uh, Jake Evans admonishing his brother for not being patient. <laughs> yeah. And waiting his turn. Uh-huh. Uh, I loved that Pizzetta obviously is. Well, because Santa came, so hopefully we're all getting up early because we need to know what's under the tree.
0: Stockings by the chimney. and, and uh, Yeah, yeah he, he was quoting. He was
2: almost poetic. There. He was. Uh, and poor Kirby Doc having to sit and sit wait on for the his stairs, grandparents yeah. to get there. Oh, that's fun. It's very fun. It I is. L- I like that. I like that very much. Um, you know, the... Uh, The Laval game versus Wilkes-Barre was not the only AHL game that was postponed this week. Uh, I think the AHL ended up having to postpone three games altogether uh, because of the weather and that giant storm that came through. Uh, But the NHL also had to postpone two games on Friday. Uh, That was the Tampa Bay Lightning were supposed to visit the Buffalo Sabres. That didn't happen. Uh, Same thing for the Detroit Red Wings not being able to get out of Michigan uh, to visit the Ottawa Senators on Friday. So um, games all over the place having to get postponed because of that darn winter storm.
0: Doesn't happen uh, very often that games get postponed, but uh, should uh, give you an idea of the seriousness of the storm and how widespread it was. That is true.
2: Um, just some other news around the league uh, officially in the game against uh, the Winnipeg Jets on Friday night, Alex Zander Ovechkin um, passing Gordie Howe for the second uh, spot in NHL goals uh, career wide uh, scoring his 801st and 802nd. Uh, the Capitals beating the Jets four to one on Friday. So uh, he continues to make some history and the, the Winnipeg Jets um very uh, respectfully, after the game, uh, all came over to congratulate uh, Ovechkin on the ice afterwards, which I thought was a nice touch by yeah, them. Yeah,
0: almost like a, a a playoff picture as they lined up at center to, to congratulate him. Uh, Charlie Lindgren uh, in the net for Washington. Uh, another win. He, he's uh, doing well there. Um, Alex Ovechkin um, named uh, the NHL first star of the weekend, and why not? Second star. Alexander Georgiev won <laughs> all 3 of his games Good for him. Uh, in, including against the the Montreal Canadiens and I have a suspicion that his name may come up in the second segment.
2: Ooh, mm, a little foreshadowing. Yeah. Um last but not least on the hockey news and notes for this segment is uh an item that I will imagine is going to have some pretty polarizing uh, responses uh, from our listeners. If you've not made your opinions on this known already, uh, the Canadians announcing that, uh, Hey, you know what? On January 12th uh, here in Montreal, we're going to be hosting the Nashville predators. And so we're going to, we're going to have a special uh, event that night. It's going to be PK Subban homecoming night. Okay. Yeah. I'm again it's Christmas Eve so I'm going to completely bite my tongue and not go on my soapbox about this. All I'm going to say is this is a terrible idea. That's all I'm going to say.
0: <laughs> well, it's just it's odd uh, and I think um most folks when they saw it were kind of bewildered and and asked a question, "Why?" um and um they had
2: I, his tribute when he came back the first time.
0: Yeah, this, as a player. This this is a little odd and and to, to go to the extent that Jeff Molson was involved in the uh and quoted in yeah. the in the press release um and the the the, the words that he used in it uh, I think this was a case of the Montreal Canadians just really uh misreading the room and and overestimating PK uh, Suban was was a very popular player uh but at this point um you know uh, okay he's he's his career is over he played 400 games with the canadians lots of guys played chris higgins played 400 games um <laughs> lars Eller. um and 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 it, it was just well there was quite a backlash the canadians heard uh from fans um and um and, and yes there there was I, I think they just overestimated his popularity uh uh quite a heavy backlash um asking why and and many fans said why not andre markov i mean andre markov was um uh, one of the players and uh, unfortunately uh stopped at 992 games i think it was just short of 1000 games why not um uh, recognize andre markov and then, you know, there's been some communication issues this this season, uh, some blunders, and, and you know, it first came out, well, the situation in Russia is not so positive, so maybe we... And then they kind of covered that and said, no, 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 it's not that. It's uh, that Andrey Markov is a KHL coach, and he couldn't... And, and we would have brought them together and honoured them at the same time, which seemed odd. Why would you honour... You know, uh, such a longstanding player like Markov, with uh, a popular player and a, uh, a short-term as as Subban, it, it was just it was odd. But in any event, for those fans who love to celebrate, and and we know that there are PK Subban fans for sure who listen to this podcast, um, he will be honored uh, on on January twelfth at the home at uh, the Bell Center. Uh, against the Nashville Predators.
2: Excellent. All right, well on that note, uh I am going to I've I've warmed up the chair. Michael Spinella's ready and he's he's warm in his hands, ready to come into the studio door. So, uh what we're going to do is we are going to take our first break here on the Canadians Connection podcast. Um, and come, excuse me, coming up next in our big topic segment, Michael Spinella is going to come in and join, uh, Rick Stevens in the studio to dig into Santa's mailbag and answer some of your questions, uh, that have been popping up and piling up in the Santa's mailbag. Uh, and it's going to be a tremendous segment. You don't want to miss it. So stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Hey, hockey fans, light the lamp this winter with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. New customers can bet just $5 pregame money line on any NHL team to win their game and get $150 in free bets if they do. If that wasn't enough excitement, you can turn small bets into bigger payouts with same-game parlays. Combine multiple bets like which team will win, how many goals will be scored, and more for your shot at an even bigger payout. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code THPN, bet $5 on any NHL team to win their game, and get $150 in free bets if they do only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details.
1: Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. My name is Michael Spinella, and you can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. You can give him a follow at All Habs on Twitter. You can also follow at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. Plus, you can check out the website, CanadiansConnection.com. Just a reminder here to subscribe to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on your favorite podcasting app so you never miss a single episode. And as we approach this holiday weekend, we know that Santa Claus is going to be out there with a big bag of presents. But Rick, you and I are going to sit here with a big bag of mail. And honestly, <laughs> who among us would not prefer having the mail?
0: Exactly. Um, and glad you came in out of the cold for this uh, segment. I know you you don't like to miss these. You love the the mailbag. You love the questions. Uh, you love being in on it. So we couldn't do this uh, last mailbag of the calendar year uh, without you.
1: Yeah, I love doing the mailbag, and uh, we're thrilled to hear from all our Canadians Connections listeners. Uh, it's I think it's a good time to open up the Rocket Sports mailbag for the final time of the can- calendar year, like you said. Uh, Habs fans from all across the continent have filled our inbox with a variety of thought-provoking questions, and uh, really interesting ones as well. Uh, big thanks to everyone that contributed to this, and uh, just a little reminder off the top of the show, and I'll uh, remind you again before we head out to to uh, segment three when you do send in questions or just general comments please make sure you include your first name and where you're from that way uh, when we read it on air we can give you a nice shout out and uh, it's it's fun too just to find out where everybody is from we have uh, listeners from all across the globe and uh, many of our questions today come from all across Canada all across the continent so it's pretty fun
0: very fun Uh, ready to get into them
1: let's do it Uh, first of all We had a couple questions coming in and uh, people seem very concerned about uh, Uri Slavkovsky. First and foremost, coming from Gary in Moose Jaw, Saskatchewan, he says, I'm worried about Slavkovsky. Why is no one teaching him to keep his head up? He's going to have major concussion issues if this continues. And we had a second question coming from uh, Raymond in Magog, Quebec, uh, talking about Slavkovsky as well. He says, I'm not convinced that uh, Kent Hughes and Jeff Gordon are taking the right approach to uh, Slavkovsky. What's with all the third-period benchings? He should be in Europe or in the AHL. So, uh, like I said, lots of concern about this young prospect. Uh, many, many listeners are uh, starting to get worried. He's not been producing a whole lot. He's been on the uh, fourth line for the most part. And uh, like uh, Raymond mentions, getting some third-period benchings as well. So, Lots to be concerned about here, and uh, Rick, I'll start with you. What uh, What are you thinking in regards to I Slavkovsky?
0: Well, thank you to uh, Raymond in Magog. Magog, beautiful, um, uh, beautiful area of Quebec in the eastern townships. Uh, fall time, if you want to see wonderful leaves, go to that Magog area. And Gary from uh, Moose Jaw, uh, we have uh, lots of Hepp's fans in Saskatchewan, including... One of our contributors, Cole, uh, who uh, prepares the, who helps prepare the game previews uh, out in Saskatchewan. So yes, Habs fans are everywhere, and and overwhelmingly most of the questions. Well, I I, I let me back up a bit. Um, overwhelmingly, the the most of most of the mail was complaining about the power play. It was complaining about uh the the state of the power play the personnel on the power play the coaches of the power play uh, most of our mail was about that and um not many questions about the power play it was just um you know and and listen if we have a a, a festivus segment if we have an airing of grievances we're going to, it'll all be about the power play for sure. But this is about questions, uh, this mailbag. So, um, yeah, um, uh, folks are concerned about him, um, both with these, the benchings, and, and particularly, I guess it concerned me, um, the th- the third period benchings, and they came against Anaheim and Arizona. Um, these aren't powerhouses, Um And, uh, you know, I I think and and, you know, we saw a brief um, a brief promotion to the second line. And and I thought uh, that one game he played on the second line, he looked terrific, probably his best game of this of the season this past week. Uh, And then the the very next game, maybe one of his worst. Um, There's a lot of inconsistency uh, in his game. um, And and, you know, I've said it before. Uh, you can call his game raw I think it's just immature there's there's a lot for him to learn uh he's very casual folks talk about the one hand on the stick um you know and and he's um, maybe he's still treating the game as as a game um you know we saw him when he scored his first goal sticking his tongue out and and but uh, he's gonna find out that a uh, Everybody else in the NHL has taken this pretty seriously. And those hits, uh, you know, where he seems, you know, I, I think as as was was mentioned here, um, uh, Gary said that that uh, he's got to keep his head up. Um, and we saw um, in practice that it was Adam Nicholas uh, that was teaching him um, to uh, keep his head up um, when he accepts the puck. Um, and um, the other problem is it's, it's, uh, when he dishes it, when he, when he makes a pass and he admires it, uh, that's when he's been getting hit. Uh, so I think it, the issue is bigger and, and, um, for me, I, I, I think his issue is more of a, a situational awareness and that came, uh, this, this week against Arizona, we saw him, uh, beer a uh, big hit on on Slavkowski his head was up um but it looked like he was just caught completely unaware like he wasn't expecting a defenseman to step up on him like that um to make a big hit on him and and I think he just doesn't have the experience of 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 folks making a big hit and we we heard Elliot Friedman say okay it's around the league that you can hit this guy. He's a target um, because of his lack of awareness. So um, an immature game, um, lots to learn. Um, and and maybe, you know, part of that's being in, in North America and the smaller ice. And um, But I, I think it's just, you know, his whole uh, decision-making process. He doesn't seem to process the game very quickly. Um, and that's causing him problems. So, um, you know, for, for Raymond or Raymond, we, we don't know, Raymond uh, in Magog to say maybe he should be in the AHL, maybe he should be in Europe. I, I don't think the Canadians think he would have advanced uh, at all uh, playing uh, another season in Finland. Um, but, you know, we have said, I've said, um, AHL, absolutely. I, and I still wouldn't be surprised Uh, if he spends some time in the AHL this season.
1: Yeah, I I think I agree with most of that. And uh, kind of along Gary's point with uh, him needing to keep his head up, uh, he needs to be able to stay on his feet as well because sometimes it just feels like he goes down for any reason at all. You know, a slight breeze, a a little check. Uh, He seems to spend an awful lot of time down flat on the ice. Uh, Kind of the opposite of what we saw from Slavkovsky uh, during the rookie tournament. If you want to go back and uh, take a look at the highlights, there's that uh, really awesome highlight. I forget who uh, the other player was, but someone went to lay a big open ice hit on Slavkovsky. And Slavkovsky ended up knocking the other guy down pretty easily as if it was just nothing. And we've not seen that from him, at least at the NHL level. Uh, I think maybe it's a little bit unfair to expect that that would be the case at the NHL level, but uh, I I don't know if Slavkovsky's just been caught off guard by some of the physicality, or if it's just that he's not been a very strong skater, but uh, yeah, I agree. Keep his head up. He needs to also just figure out how to stay on his feet. In regards to ice time too, I I thought I'd take a quick look here at uh, what his average ice time is per game, and he's in and around 11 minutes and 51 seconds. And that's really not that much. Uh, if you look at other Montreal Canadiens forwards, the only ones uh, with the fewer uh, average time on ice are uh, Pozzetta and Pitlick. And those guys have not had uh, a whole lot of luck staying in the NHL lineup there. So, yeah, I think AHL would be a great way to go for him. Help him get used to that North American ice. Help him get used to that North American style. Uh, like I said, I don't know if it's just that he's not used to the physicality or the attention to detail or what it is, but uh, I'd like to see him on a bit of a smaller stage and uh, take some time to develop uh, without that pressure of being an NHLer.
0: And I think you know his uh, his size uh, was touted by Bobrov and 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 Hughes and others, um, but strength seems to be an issue. And particularly, we knew that that his skating was uh, a little subpar um with respect to, to NHL caliber skating um, but it's 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 not being strong over his skates, um, which is an issue which and a lack of strength which causes him uh, to get knocked down uh, frequently for him to have an inability to to uh, win battles and um, I I, th- I think you know uh, both, both time spent in the gym and 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 time in the AHL would be pretty valuable for him. And and you know the the comparison when just before the draft was being made, here's a player who could develop into a Miko Rantanen, and we saw Miko Rantanen uh, this week when the Canadians were in Denver and and. Uh, you know, nobody's expecting him, uh, Slavkovsky, to be a, a Miko Rantanen right away, but uh, the elements of of being a smart player, we, we see that, that the game is, is moving too fast for Slavkovsky. Being a competitive player, uh, there's lots of times he plays it casual, we hear about the one hand on the stick, um, he doesn't have that competitive edge right now, and being strong over his skates, that just isn't there in his game right now, so... Uh, lots lots, and lots of things for him to work on. He's a real uh, project at this point.
1: Yeah, project is a pretty good way to put it. And uh, I, th- I think we're both in agreement here on uh, the situation with Uri Slavkovsky. It is a little bit disappointing to see that this is where he's at at this point in the season. Uh, when we go back to, you know, leading up to the draft, even a little bit after, I felt like all the scouting reports were saying, you know, here's a guy who's going to come in and have that impact right away it's just not been there. Uh, some of it is just lack of, uh, I guess, awareness. Some of it's just the lack of strength and uh, other skills. But uh, you hope at some point he can get there. He's a the first overall pick. Uh, it's it's going to be the weight of the world on his shoulders uh, if he's not able to get there. Absolutely. So uh, we'll take a look at our next uh, question. This one comes in from uh, Rodney of uh, Ferguson's Cove, Nova Scotia. Uh, Nice uh, to be out on the East Coast right now. (laughs) That's uh, that's pretty sweet. Nice to hear from you, Rodney. Uh, What Rodney wrote is, hear me out. I still think the Habs are an under-the-radar playoff team. Right now, they are about 10 points out of a wildcard spot. But they have an easy schedule in January. So if they are five points out at the end of the month or less, should they keep Monahan and just go for it? Thanks for the great coverage. So, Rodney, I'll, uh, I'll take uh, the lead on this one. Uh, unfortunately, I, I kind of have to disagree with you on that one. I know that uh, Montreal has had a better than expected season so far. But if we want to go back to last weekend, just after we finished recording uh, the uh, episode 222, The Montreal Canadiens actually were the last place team in the Atlantic Division for a little period of time there. Had uh, the Ottawa Senators not continued to have more injury problems and gone on a three-game losing streak, I think uh, that uh, Montreal probably still would be there. And Ottawa right now is still only two points behind. Uh, if you want to look at what's ahead of Montreal, and uh, I've said this many times, it's uh, it's a pretty difficult Atlantic division. Uh, they ha- there's the superpowers, Tampa, Toronto, Boston. These guys are not going to move out of those one, two, three spots. Uh, if you want to look at the wild card, I think the Metropolitan Division is also too strong to be able to push be pushed out of the way. Uh, the Islanders, the Capitals, the Rangers. Uh if Montreal is going to make it into uh, the playoff race, they're going to have to bypass one of these teams. And I, I'm just not sure they can do it. I don't think that they currently have the consistency to do it. Um, and we've seen in the last uh, couple of weeks there too, Montreal's play has not been as good as it has been to start the season. And it, it really feels like they're losing a lot more games than they are winning at this point. Uh, what are your thoughts on this, Rick?
0: Well, they have to bypass five teams to, to get into a, a wild card spot. Um, they have to get past five of those teams um, in, in the conference, and, and that's what makes it's so, such a difficult challenge. Uh, I appreciate Rodney. I appreciate the question. I appreciate you, uh, you know, holding the torch, maintaining the torch, and, and thinking that, that playoffs are still a possibility um I guess uh, one of the things you mentioned was that um, that uh, they have an easy schedule in January. Um, I will just say that before they get there, uh, it's pretty tough um, with, uh, you know, Tampa Bay coming up, Florida coming up, uh, capitals coming up, all on the road. Um, when they get into uh, January, I think when you talk about an easier schedule, uh, it's, it's really uh, home-heavy uh, in, in January, and that's absolutely true. Um, but um, I, there was a real interesting piece done in La Presse by uh, a good friend, uh, Guillaume Lafrancois, and, and he actually um, looked at the two halves of the Canadian schedule um, in terms of uh, playoff teams, uh, playoff-bound teams, their winning percentage, um, and the the schedule in the second half actually gets tougher uh, for, for the Canadians. They've had a, uh, a little bit of an easier ride uh, so far in, in the first half of their schedule. It's going to get tougher, particularly uh, when it gets into March. Um, so I, I think that um, playoffs are, are I, I mean... Um, a long shot, yes, absolutely. They're still there. But I, I think that um, if this is all around, uh, should the Canadians hang on to Sean Monaghan, I'm really looking forward to seeing what Kent Hughes can, um, can, can get back for trading a Sean Monaghan near the deadline.
1: Yeah, and I do appreciate the optimism coming from Rodney. Uh, you're not out until you're out, of course. But uh, I, I just I don't feel like it's Montreal's year to be making the playoffs, and I, I just I don't expect them to either. Uh, in terms of the Monahan question, I'm uh, right beside you on this one, Rick. I think that uh, Monahan can pr- bring back a pretty high draft pick or a decent prospect uh, leading up to the trade deadline. So I, I think that's more valuable than hanging on to Monahan for what could only. It could be as little as just part of this season, right? And then he, he's a free agent, so he could walk away potentially for nothing at the end of this. So definitely uh, I'm all for trading him, and uh, we'll see. If Montreal somehow is like two points out of a playoff spot by the end of next month, then maybe my mind will change, but uh, I'm just I'm not sure that I'm quite there yet. Right. So our next question here comes in from uh, Eric from Strathroy, Ontario. His question, uh, and well, we got a number of different questions concerning the top line, I'll read them out one by one, but starting with Eric from Strathroy, when is MSL going to figure out that he needs to put Slaff with the uh, Suzuki and Caulfield? And along those lines, uh, Daniel from Verdun, he says... I can't wait to see Joshua Waugh with uh, Caulfield and Suzuki next season. He's exactly what they need. And Garth from Champlain, New York. He says, this might sound crazy, but I think a playmaker like Druin would be the perfect fit for Suzuki and Caulfield. So lots of uh, questions regarding how to complete that top line with uh, Suzuki and Caulfield. Uh, Rick, I'll let you uh, take the start on this. Well everybody's
0: uh, looking for uh, a solution um, <laughs> because uh, it's the solution isn't a Josh Anderson. Um, it doesn't seem to be a Josh Anderson. Um, the solution so far has been a Kirby Doc, but most of our listeners um, you know understand that ideally, uh, or at least, um, you know, to get the best uh, use out of Kirby Dock, his place is, is uh, at center. Um, and, and so a winger is, um, is what, um, what Suzuki and Caulfield need uh, on that top line to complement them. And uh, we've had all kinds of suggestions as you've read. So thank you, Eric, Eric with a K um, uh, from Strathroy, just outside of London. Uh, Daniel from Verdun, uh, right across the river from Nuns Island, and uh, and Garth across the border in Champlain, New York. Um, and, uh, well, let me let me just start with Wislavkowski. I th- I think because we can tie it back to uh, the previous discussion. I, I think. I think um, maybe there will be a day when that's that's the Canadians' top line, but that's not this season. Um, The game is just happening too fast for Yuriy Slavkovsky, and to be on the line um, with Suzuki and Caulfield, uh, you're going up against the the opposition's uh, top line uh, every night, and uh, you know that's just not. there's the the whole issue of how he plays away from the puck and processing and, and uh winning battles and all of that those kinds of things. It's it's just not it's just not there this season. Maybe in the future, not this season. Uh Joshua Waugh, who we're looking forward to seeing at the World Juniors. Um Joshua Waugh, um you've been you've been monitoring the the, the race. Um mm-hmm. the the uh, in the CHL, um, he and Riley Kidney, um, and uh, a goal scorer for sure. Um, and, and, and let me toss in Jonathan Drouin there as well, more of a playmaker uh, than a Joshua Waugh. Both of those players are go- are, have issues with skating. Um, both of those players, Joshua Waugh and Jonathan Drouin, have an issue of playing um, defense um in the defensive zone uh playing away from the puck um and and I think why is Kirby Dock such a good compliment and and we know that when Kirby Dock is taken off that line that um Caulfield and Suzuki are just buried uh they are buried by the opposition in terms of of uh expected goals in terms of possession time and um they are uh, unfortunately um which means yes the, the the right fit hasn't been found as a winger but what makes kirby docks so effective number one he is his skating a tremendous skater lots of speed there um he's he's typically first in on the puck his forechecking is very good his puck retrieval is excellent um but at the same time, he's good in his defensive zone. He's a very good defensive player. Um, he, of those three, he's the defensive, even though uh, um, Nick Suzuki um, is, is a good defensive player as well, Kirby Dock is the defensive conscience of that line when they play together. Um, so those are the kind of qualities in terms of, of, of skating, in terms of... Uh, winning battles and puck retrieval and 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 playing in the defensive zone—that you have to be looking for when you're looking for a, a winger—and uh, unfortunately, Jonathan Duran and and Joshua Watt at this point don't have those qualities, even though they have some, you know, maybe some offensive skills that might fit in. And I, I just I just don't see um, those two or or um, Slavkovsky as well. Uh, Facing top opponents um, every night. It, it's just a, a recipe for d- disaster in my books.
1: Yeah, that's pretty well put. Uh, I'll, I'll go through kind of one by one here. Uh, Slavkovsky, like you said, I think the end game would be to have Slavkovsky eventually fit onto that line with Suzuki and Caulfield. He's not there yet. Uh, I think Slavkovsky's barely able to fit into that fourth line role, so I'd want to see more out of him before I give him that big opportunity. Uh, Joshua Wah, uh, I think the other thing there too is it, it, it's too early to tell. I want to be patient with a guy like Joshua Wah. I want to let him develop, uh, take his time. I, I don't want to shoehorn him into the lineup as early as next season. Um, so we'll be patient there, and we'll get a look at him at the World Juniors to see how far along he's come. So far, great uh, great season in the queue. I uh, hope he can keep it up, but uh, I want to be patient with him. I think Joshua Waugh, all in all, ends up being kind of a, a project guy as opposed to somebody that could step in the lineup immediately. Uh, as for uh, Jonathan Drouin, uh, if the plan is to showcase this guy, then I, I wouldn't mind giving it a try, at least as, as a short-term thing. Uh, long-term, I don't think that that's a solution. Uh, Drouin... For a couple of seasons now, has kind of just been a ghost. Uh, so far this year, zero goals, five assists, and a minus seven. Um, we'll see if if he can go on that line and show a little bit of promise and be uh, displayed uh, as somebody that might be available for a trade. Then uh, sure, I'd be all for doing that uh, for a little while. Uh, in the long run, that's that's not something I want to do. I don't want to have a. Uh, Drew in on that top line and then get a new contract or whatever. That's, that's not a solution in my mind. And, uh, the thing, though, is I do like that uh, everyone seems to agree that Kirby Doc is not the long-term solution uh, for a winger on that line. Uh, Kirby Doc has really, really good uh, hockey IQ, uh, very good defensive conscience, I want to see Kirby Doc get uh, more opportunities at center and uh, be the centerpiece of his own line going forward.
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Uh, Very interesting question coming in uh, from Colin in Wakefield, Quebec. He says, seeing tweets about Habs trading for Sabres prospect Devin Levi to become their future number one goaltender, what would you think? Keep up the great work. Uh, So, Rick, uh, I guess I'll uh, take the start on this one. Sure. This is an interesting question, too, Uh, Devin Leiby. I think a lot of uh, Canadian hockey fans know him from the World Juniors a couple years ago. He looked great. Uh, He's in the Buffalo system right now. Um, He's uh, local to Montreal, currently putting up some good numbers in the NCAA. Pretty highly touted prospect. Uh, When you look at what Buffalo has in their system already, uh, I think that uh, Uko Peko, Uko Pekalukunen is the guy that uh, they have ahead of him as uh, their future goaltender. Uh, probably one of the best names in the NHL as well, I might say. <laughs> um, I don't think that Buffalo's in a rush to give up a Devon Levi. Uh, we see it around the league quite often where, you know, a team says, oh, this is our goaltender of the future. And then, you know, a season later, it's completely different. Someone else is the goaltender of the future. Uh, Teams aren't just going to be shopping around young goaltenders for no reason. Uh, If you're interested in acquiring a Devon Levi, you're going to have to give up something of quality. I'm not sure that Montreal has so many things of quality that they can afford to do that right now. But uh, one thing I will say is uh, Montreal definitely does not have their goaltender of the future in the system right now. Uh, We know that Primo doesn't seem to be the answer even though he just got that three-year contract, uh, it's not looking good so far. Um, Devin Levi, I, I'd be interested in having him here. I, I just feel like what it would take to bring Devin Levi here might end up hurting the Montreal Canadiens going forward. So, uh, Rick, uh, what are your thoughts on Devin Levi?
0: Well, this is it's fascinating because there's so many different elements uh, to the question. Uh, Devin Levi, who's Devin Levi? You mentioned. Um, you know his performance at, at 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 the World Juniors, and and he's just twenty years old. Um, he's already on to his, his second uh, NHL team. He was drafted by Florida in the twenty twenty draft, seventh rounder, much like Caden Primo. Um, but then was part of that trade uh, where Florida uh, acquired Sam Reinhart. Uh, they gave up Devin Levi. And a first-round pick to get him, uh, and and um, and yes, he's part. He's a uh, a top prospect in the in the Sabers uh, uh, pipeline, and Sabers have so many good prospects. Uh, Uko Pekalukinen is is ahead, but um, I think they've been waiting for Uko Pekalukinen for some time now, and and he hasn't really uh, taken the ball, the puck, and and run with it, and so I think. Uh, Buffalo is really high on on Devon Levi, and um, I don't know. You know, it's one thing to throw these names out there as far as the Canadians would be interested, uh, but why would why would Buffalo want to give up a Devin Levi? I, d- I don't I don't know the answer to that. I don't I can't see why they would. Um, he is a top uh, prospect of theirs, as you said. Uh, he's in the NCAA. Um, and this is his second full season with Northeastern. We know Northeastern. That's where uh, Jordan Harris came from. That's where Jaden Struble is currently playing, and that's where, uh, and, and maybe there are some connections here, and that's why people are kind of connecting the dots. Ken Hughes, his sons at, at Northeastern, so he would be very familiar with a Devin Levi um there is he he was born in in uh Montreal he's from the Quebec area so uh there's that connection a, a, as well um and and it's 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 fascinating um you know what what are the reasons maybe uh, against uh, uh a Devin Levi well um we remember and and maybe maybe we should look back at at Devin Levi uh, it was the 20 in 2011 he won the Mike Richter award the best goaltender uh, last year in the in the NCAA at the same time uh, a goaltender won the Hobie Baker award remember Cole Caulfield won Ho- Hobie Baker the following year it was Dryden McKay uh, won the Hobie Baker so two goaltenders walk away with with the uh, with those two big awards. Dryden McKay. Uh, we talked about it on the podcast. W- would the Canadians sign uh, a free agent like Dryden McKay? No, it was the Toronto Maple Leafs who did. And and um, he went on to the, the growlers um, played mostly um, in the ECHL. And I think has had a few games um, in uh, the AHL. That's Dryden McKay hasn't, his, his uh, NCAA success has not translated uh, to uh, pro hockey, and that's because he's undersized, Dryden McKay. Um, just six foot, and you say just six foot for a goaltender. <laughs> the prototypical goaltender these days um, is 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", and above. Uh, Devin Levi just so happens he's the same size as Dryden McKay, six-foot goaltender. Um, so, uh, you know, he makes up for it by being incredibly athletic. Uh, but in the, in, in the NHL world, um, you know, you, you need to take up as much net as, as possible. And, um, that's a concern. Um, and, and that's one of the reasons, uh, that he didn't go until the, the seventh round. Um, so, you know is is he the is he the solution for the Canadians, um, or you know the the Canadians uh, they have a, a a pretty good prospect um, play, also playing in the NCAA and that's Jakob Dobus playing for uh, Ohio State. Um, he was also in uh, the voting for the Mike Richter Award. I believe he came third in that. So um, maybe. Um, Maybe you don't go go and and give up a boatload, and I, I think it would take a lot. Uh, given that that Buffalo's in in uh, probably has no interest in in giving up a Devon Levi, you'd have to give up a lot to get him. So, I, you know, I, do the Canadians have an internal solution? No, they don't. Um, the, 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 there isn't a number one goal goaltender in the system right now or or not in the nhl not in the ahl um just isn't there uh is devin levi the only solution i i don't know or is it a young goaltender already in the nhl you know um uh, we we saw a goaltender this week uh, colorado who's mining the net there it's uh, georgiev um, and Colorado went out and got him uh, from the Rangers for a third and a fifth round pick. We were advocating that that the Canadians should take a look at him. Yeah. Um. Maybe that. Maybe there's a a, a goaltender in a similar situation that can be pried away. Um. You know for a for a similar price.
1: Well, as uh, someone who is uh, six feet tall, I would like to think that I'm pretty (laughs) uh, tall, but, you know, it's fine. (laughs) But, uh, yeah, I I agree with you on all of that. And uh, I was a pretty big uh, advocate for Montreal potentially going after Georgiev. Uh, Obviously, it it didn't happen Uh, for now. uh, Montreal, they're they're stuck uh, for better or for worse uh, with uh, Allen and Montembeau. Uh, I think that's okay as stopgap, but uh, obviously they need to figure out a way to get a goaltender of the future. Uh, and who knows uh, things can change fast. that could be internally or y- you never know. Uh, I do like Devin Levi. It's just uh, the point you brought up there. It, it's gonna cost a whole lot and yeah. Buffalo's not going to be shopping him anytime soon. That's right. So that uh, brings us to our final listener question. And this one's a kind of a fun one uh, for us. This comes from Diane of uh, Cochrane, Ontario. Uh, the question is, what was your favorite hockey-related Christmas present? I'll never forget when I saw my Carey Price jersey under the tree. Merry Christmas. And uh, Merry Christmas back to you, Diane. Uh, appreciate that uh, question. I'm going to defer over to Rick to get this one started.
0: What a great question. <laughs> a great question. And yes, Merry Christmas, Diane or Deanne. Uh, in Cochrane, uh, just north of Timmins, northern Ontario. Um, my favorite Christmas, hockey-related Christmas present, I, I, you know, I, I, when I think back, there, there, there were a lot of them. There was, um, there was a tabletop hockey game, uh, for my brother and I, um, rod hockey, uh, if you call it that, um. There was uh, my brother and I once one Christmas got our our, uh, Lang molded skates um, that um, were a big deal back then. And um, um, uh, there was um, we got our first uh, uh, road hockey goalie mask one year that I was pretty excited about. That was that. That's for sure. Um, the the road hockey blades that uh, uh you take and you bend over the stove over the element of the stove so you get a nice, an, a nice bend in them, a nice curve. Um, and I remember one year I was uh, I went to the University of Waterloo, came home to Thunder Bay, um, and uh, one of my Christmas presents was a jersey that had just on the back of it had import. I was now uh, off in southern Ontario, so I was considered an import when we went out and played hockey um that was kind of fun um but i think um, the the memories i have are not so much about the gifts it's it's about playing hockey at christmas and whether it was going out and playing road hockey in in the front of the house um or my our neighbors had a had a backyard rink my godmother had a backyard rink um there was uh, uh, board rinks and unboarded rinks at at our school, and and uh, we'd go down to the Delaney Arena or St. Martin's uh, School had lots of rinks, um, and and it was just, you know, from a young age right up through adulthood, and when the family expanded and kids started coming, and and it was just uh, it, it, playing hockey um, over Christmas was just uh, probably my my. My very favorite memory, um, hockey-related memory, and and related to Christmas.
1: Well, uh, I'm afraid you may have one up me on this one, Rick, because I had one very specific gift that I had in mind. <laughs> um, uh, growing up, uh, always, always uh, asked my parents to see if uh, they can get me some uh, sense tickets. Uh, growing up in Ottawa, of course. And uh, honestly, they came through more often than not. Uh, full credit to them. I know those tickets are not cheap. <laughs> so uh, the one that uh, stands out in my mind uh, it was uh, the 05-06 season. So it would have been just after Christmas uh, 2005, Ottawa versus Carolina. And that was the Carolina team that did end up winning the Stanley Cup that year. Wow. Uh, 6-2 to win for Ottawa. Uh, so great game for me to be at. And uh, I don't know how many people are aware of this, but uh, there was a fun promotion that was happening that season uh, with Pizza Pizza. And uh, it started off, uh, you know, if uh, Ottawa scores four goals or more and win, uh, everyone uh, that has a ticket uh, the next day, they can take it to a Pizza Pizza and they get a free (laughs) slice. Uh, This ended up happening so often that they moved it up to six goals. And I still remember multiple occasions where I was able to get that free slice of pizza. (laughs) So uh, to me, this was the gift that uh, just kind of kept on giving. Not only did I get to watch a really awesome hockey game, which uh, being uh, 10 uh, or 11 years old at the time, that's uh, an amazing experience on its own. But uh, the next day, going to the Pizza Pizza and getting a free slice I'll never forget that. So that's got to be my favorite uh, hockey related Christmas present. That's fantastic. That's really
0: fantastic. And and yeah, it's it's the memories of of what happened um hockey related memories that that happened over Christmas I think that uh, stick with us most, but uh really like the question. Love the love the question. Thank you for that.
1: Yeah, I appreciate that. And uh, that uh, brings us right to the end of our mailbag here. Uh, Thank you again to everybody that took the time to write to us. Uh, We uh, picked out what we thought were some very uh, thought-provoking questions. And, uh, of course, uh, once again, uh, any of our listeners that have any questions or uh, comments that uh, they might want us to read in the future, please leave your first name and uh, where you are located We'd uh, love to know where you're from. And uh, when we read it off uh, on the air uh, like we did today, we'll give you a nice little shout-out. So uh, please keep that in mind uh, when you're sending your texts and uh, emails and whatnot.
0: And keep sending them in. Remember, well, uh, you know you know how to get in touch with us, but uh, let's remind you one more time. By text, the Rocket Sports text line, 5853ROCKET. By email, uh, info at allhabs.net. Info at allhabs.net.
1: Awesome. So uh, we're going to set you up to go into segment three. I'm going to step out of the studio for a little bit here Uh, just to keep in mind uh, going into segment three, though. Our our question of the week coming up, it's uh, what do the Montreal Canadiens need most in their Christmas stocking? Uh, We want to make sure we hear from you, so please reach out to us and let us know. And uh, now I think it's going to be a good time to take our final break here. Uh, Please stay with us. You are listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadian's Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at rocketsportsmedia.com. Well, hello and welcome back to episode 223 of the Canadians Connection podcast on Rocket Sports Radio. Of course, don't forget you can follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook and Instagram. Uh, And you can also visit our website at CanadiansConnection.com. And hey, uh, I know the guys probably mentioned it in the last segment, but if you would like a question to be answered in an upcoming mailbag segment or you just have a comment that you'd like to make or feedback or or have something to say uh the way for you to do that and participate uh, and and enjoy the interactive portion of this podcast is to give us a text at any time via the Rocket Sports text line and that is 5853 rocket again 5853 rocket um all right. So we've you just heard at the very end of that commercial break, uh, you know, your year round coverage of the Montreal Canadiens, uh, the entire organization and their affiliates and prospects uh, to go to allhabs.net. net. And that really is the case all year long. It's where you go uh, for all of your Montreal Canadiens news mentioned it at the top of the show uh, that um, every Monday, Chris G has uh, his Habs notepad article, which gets you caught up on. Just base a basic summary of everything that's happening, uh, you know, most recently with the Canadians and their affiliates. Uh, you'll also find there a very timely feature article uh, by Gustav uh, Habs' holiday gifts, uh, talking about uh, some of the things that he thinks that uh, the you know his his holiday wishes of of things that Santa could bring to the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, so you'll want to check that out as well. Uh, in addition, of course to our regular game previews uh, each game day done by Rick Stevens and uh, Cole and Sam. And then every post-game, you'll get a comprehensive recap done by, by Rick himself. Um, also, you'll want to be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel, That's my Christmas wish for everyone. Subscribe to the Uh YouTube channel if you haven't done so already. Uh, You can do that just by searching at All Habs uh, on YouTube or go directly to our page, youtube.com slash All Habs. Make sure you subscribe. Hit the notification bell. I host a weekly show there called Habs Hockey Report. Uh, We have a lot of fun uh, talking about the Habs and the Rocket and do lots of fan interaction as well. This week was a special Holiday episode it is called The Countdown to Christmas. Uh we talk talk about things going on with the Habs and the Rocket but also uh spread a little holiday cheer as well. So uh be sure to check that out. And of course, most importantly, last but not least, be sure you're subscribed to both of our podcasts, both this podcast at canadiansconnection.fm as well as The Press Zone podcast uh at thepresszone.fm. Um we have a question of the week for our listeners, Rick. Mm-hmm. And this week's question has to be Christmas-related. Sure. What do the Montreal Canadiens need most? <laughs> what do they really need to find in their Christmas stocking this year?
0: Connor Bedard. <laughs> yes <laughs> what they really need is goals in the last uh in the last last eight games they have a total of fourteen goals, so less than two goals a game uh, and they've been very fortunate uh, uh, to out of uh, available sixteen points to get five of those um, it could have been worse uh, but they they uh, you know what else do they need? they need they need a power play they need a power play coach um yeah. there's all kinds of choices here and we want to hear um what you think they need most yes
2: please um also uh we mentioned that the the Rocket Sports text line is a great way to get in touch with us if you've got a question or a comment or feedback um you can also tweet to us at Habs connection uh, leave us a message on our Facebook page at All Habs, uh, but sometimes we also do get emails uh, from our listeners as well. And um, the the episode that you and Michael did last week um, had a really tremendous um, second segment, big topic uh, that inspired a, a really a, a really well written uh, email from one of our listeners.
0: Absolutely, and as we say, if if you have Uh, Some quick comments, text them, 5853ROCKET. If you have more to say, uh, email at info at allhabs.net. And uh, Jim S. uh, did exactly that. He sent us an email, uh, a a beautifully written email, Mm. a very detailed, long email. Uh, I shared it with uh, the entire Rocket sports team. Um, Jim makes a lot of great points in here. Um, And he says, hi, Michael and Rick. Great topic in the most recent Canadians Connection podcast. He's referring to last week's episode, episode 222, the Future Watch. Um, He concurred with um, um, Michael that uh, the athletics prediction of a 21st place ranking for the Habs in the 2025-26 season is pretty realistic. Agrees with Rick that uh, there will be enormous pressure on Jeff Gordon, and uh, to to accelerate accelerate the the rebuild, um, he talks about uh, the current roster uh, holding the team back because it's it's very difficult. Uh, all of these inherited contracts and inherited players it's difficult to turn over uh, the the roster and and trade players. Um, and and uh, you know buyouts are, are don't really help out. Uh, and he talked about the cap, and and without cap flexibility, he said it makes it difficult to sign the young players that come off entry deals and had add high impact players to the core. Um, and we now know that the cap next season is only going to go up by a million dollars, and that's that's a bit of a surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, when it was forecasted to be above four. Um, So that makes things even more difficult. Um, He talks about that there are gaps in the current roster. Um, Quote, we don't have a long-term solution and goal uh, or our top D pair, especially in the high-end puck-moving power play QB that we need. Um, And um, he talks about, you know, many say that the Canadians... Uh, have a full cupboard of prospects while well, he said you need to keep feeding the pipeline and put resources into de- development um, he t- at the end talks about whether the fans and media will be patient and he says rick is correct that it will be an extreme test of patience for jeff molson to allow hughes and gordon to approach the rebuild properly and stick to the plan ends it by saying thanks again for the great podcast just thank you very much um for this email terrific email uh and you're welcome to uh to to communicate anytime with us and (laughs) and so are all of our listeners
2: absolutely we love we love to hear from our our viewers our listeners our readers uh however you follow rocket sports media content we always love to hear from from you and hear your thoughts as well uh and so that that being said uh it is officially christmas break time uh, for, for the Montreal Canadians and the NHL and the AHL. Uh, and so the Canadians have a few days off until they go back on the road again. They've got two games coming up this week. They play on the 28th, uh, in Tampa Bay and the 29th in Florida. As I said on the, um, Habs hockey report episode on YouTube this week, that's really not a terrible way to have to spend the week leading up to new year's is in South Florida.
0: And uh, a couple of days we heard on, on the broadcast that several uh, of the players uh, are finding their own way from from Dallas uh, to Florida and they will spend the Christmas break uh, there as well.
2: That's awful. I feel so sorry for them. <laughs> <laughs> um, really, it's uh, it's also Christmas break now here officially for for the Rocket Sports crew, at least until Boxing Day. Uh, a little bit of time to to share in the season uh, with our our families and loved ones. Um, and really just want to say to all of our listeners out there, uh, how much we appreciate you uh, not just this week, but every week of the year. Uh, And just wishing uh, you all a very, very Merry Christmas uh, from all of us here at Rocket Sports. Rick, I wish you and your family and your loved ones a Merry Christmas. And to you as well. Thank you. Uh, And it's just uh, we, no matter how you're celebrating this year uh, or if you're celebrating a different holiday, just merry. you know, the the, the feelings of Merry Christmas are all just still the same. Just wishing you warmth and happiness and uh, comfort at this time of year.
0: Very well said.
2: Uh, The next Canadians Connection episode, Michael Spinella will be back for the full episode next week. That is the New Year's Eve edition. Uh, And so getting ready to ring in 2023 next week. So be sure to subscribe to the podcast so that you don't miss that. Uh, Share this podcast on your favorite social media platform. And as always, we thank you for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast. Uh, Don't forget, you can uh, text us anytime at 585-3ROCKET And we wish you a very, very Merry Christmas to you. Uh, You've been listening to the Canadians Connection podcast right here on Rocket Sports Radio. Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadians Connection. Visit allhabs.net for breaking news about the Montreal Canadiens.